I'm William Thomas, a producer at Empathetic Machines. In this series of podcasts, we explore the concept of mission. More specifically, we explore why people get committed to a mission-driven business. Figuring out how to deliver profits to shareholders and owners is hard enough. Why would people get involved in a business that has goals extending beyond this? What is it about these people that develop the focus on a societal or some other sort of benefit? We produce these podcasts with a company called Andorage, a distinctively mission-driven company. The Andorage website states that the company is all about reinventing wellness. The company develops CBD-rich, full cannabis flower extracts. So that's the mission, reinventing wellness. Each podcast will show how one individual came to this mission. Now, these individuals are influenced by big events like the Civil Rights Movement, the HIV-AIDS epidemic, 9-11. Big events, however, only provide a backdrop. What's interesting here is how life events accumulate over time to form this mission commitment. I think you really enjoyed the stories. A quick final note before we get started. For compelling stories, come here to Empathetic Machines. For medical advice, consult an expert. Consult your doctor. This is not a medical advice show. This is part two of Jim Takono's story. His story is the context. His story explains why the Andorage mission needs to exist. We met Jim on our last podcast. He was born in Utah, went to school, became a good forensic scientist. He's a good tennis player and a good tennis teacher, too. He fell in love, had a daughter, and suffered an increasingly painful autoimmune disease. In pursuit of his treatment, he's received fantastic pharmacological and medical attention. And yet, Jim has begun to feel that medical science and pharma are lacking somehow. There's just got to be something more. When we left Jim the last time, he was preparing to move to Colorado with his wife, who had an appointment at the Air Force Academy. We'd get orders to go to Colorado Springs, and my wife was going to be stationed at the United States Air Force Academy, which I don't know if you've ever been to Colorado. It's just a really beautiful, beautiful park. And so when we first came here, since... You know, I had these results and my wife, you know, works in the medical side of the Air Force. She is, she's a master's prepared nurse. And at the same time, as we came moved to Colorado, she got into a PhD program at the University of Colorado to study uh, PhD nursing, uh, nursing research. So she's got that, had that going on. So when we first came here, before we even got here and before we did anything, I've already started to get chatters from my friends about looking into cannabis. You know, I come across a website in Wisconsin, Virginia called uh, I Have UC. It was written by, I think it was just a guy who has ulcerative colitis. And it was a place for people who have inflammatory bowel disease just to talk back and forth. And I start finding, you know, data on diets. And I started really yep. thinking, what food would work? This food, there's not a lot of, you know, you hear these things. Is there data on food? I'm like, it's hard to find anything scientifically. And what you do is you stay in this really mild diet until you hopefully the diarrhea stops. Well, mine never really ever stopped. And so I kind of keep tweaking and playing and modifying my diet, but it's really now I'm starting, I think this is the beginning of me not having a solid relationship with food. I wouldn't call it an eating disorder. I almost call it disorder eating. Does that make sense? Because yeah. I, my relationship is not, I don't hate food, but I believe that every time I eat, I'm adding fuel to the fire. So we move here to Colorado and as we're moving, we get a, I don't know what they call it, a caseworker for me. So someone who can coordinate all the things I need now. So the first doctor's appointment I see when I come back is a surgeon. 
So I see a general surgeon first before I was allowed to see a colorectal surgeon. And I start talking to the surgeon and she says, yeah, I would like you to see a colorectal, but at least you know, describe what the surgery's like, what it would be, what the recovery was. I'm telling you, when I, after talking, and she was you know, a really great surgeon and doctor, I, I like, I do not want to get into surgery. Not right now. I want to do everything I can to keep it, you know? So, so I think that was when I started piquing my interest of uh, CBD and just went on the old, or, or cannabis in general. So I think I just did a Google search. I typed in something like, I think you just did cannabis and um, old sort of colitis. Just put those two words in, I think, and you're blasted by Google. And I come across a couple things. I come across, actually, I think I brought inflammatory bowel disease because I wanted a bigger, broader search. I come across two things that I find out. I learn about a kid named Colton. He has, he had Crohn's. And apparently, I don't remember all the entire story because it was a while ago and I read it, but he was living not in Colorado and it was pretty bad. And I think he was out of all sorts of options and they end up moving to Colorado just to give cannabis a trot. And he, with between the CBD and I, and I think also with the THC is for him, they, he actually got himself in remission. I'm like, wow, you know, that's pretty cool. I should at least give this a shot. You know, that was my thought. So how do I start? Now, my first thought was I didn't want to go with THC. That's like, you know, I don't want to go down there. And my reasons were, I didn't want to deal with, part of me was the stigma with it. But S-stigma doesn't really exist in Colorado, which is something I learned over the last four years. <laughs> so, so anyway, so I also find another company called Realm of Caring. And Realm of Caring is a, a nonprofit organization that is that's basically, I'm basically CBD, I'm assuming as well as cannabis, but mainly CBD uh, infor, information. And I called them up and they said, well, why don't you just come on in and we, we can talk about, you know, how you, if you want to learn to take this medications and how to work to look at it and how to, you know, how to purchase one. So I went in there and they, they, they talked to me for a while and they talked about, you know, what they can tell me and what they're allowed to you know, within the scope. But a lot of it was just, you know, if you decide to take this medication, you need to look for companies who have, you have access to their testing and not just their testing in-house testing third-party testing as well because you want to make sure what's in there and two when you start this you want to start really slow and they basically they told me was just slowly do this titrate up to your dosage and you'll know because you'll start to feel better you'll if, you, if it works i'm like all right i'll give it a shot so that's when the first time i went and i purchased a, a product their website kind of shows you products that they feel that, you know, meet some sort of quality. And uh, I found, I think it's called Charlotte's Web. So I ordered my first bottles of Charlotte's Web CBD oil. I bought their most concentrated one. And then that's the first time I started trying it. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a big fan of the flavor. <laughs> I did not like it. You know, it was a little, I can't describe it. This is not my favorite flavor, but I got used to it after a time. And so what I did, I just started adding that. I didn't do anything else. I've still taken the Intedio and I was still having all the things I've been talking about, the same effects, up and down flares. So it's starting to like take parts of my hours, my days away now. Well, finally I get uh, an appointment with uh, Dr. Frank Scott. He's at UC Denver, an amazingly doctor, real good, cool doctor. And he says, well, we want to get you a colonoscopy scheduled right away. 
says, I don't want to be doing anything like surgeries yet. So I don't even want to go down that. Says, we have other, there are other meds we can look into. I says, I said, well, I thought in TVO was, there's nothing else left for ulcerative colitis that I know of. It says, well, yeah, but we can look at research. So we can look at different, you know, things. So I get a colonoscopy scheduled at the same point. He also, I'm talking about my upper GI pain and it's just kind of going along and we start scheduling some other tests for that. So I get the colonoscopy back and this time it's not pancreas. Polyps are gone. <laughs> Even at the microscopic level, which is the most important thing when they take the biopsy, seeing it there, not just the visual level, you, you're not seeing much in the visual other than just a little bit in the left side. And so it means my transverse and my descending is starting to look good. So my thought was like, <laughs> this is where I went, like, wow, I wonder if the CBD in correlation with this in TBO infusion is working. That was my thought. So I just stayed with this, this uh, dose that I got to and just kept kind of plugging, but things never really got any better. Does that make sense? Just kind of mm -hmm. hovering. And meanwhile, I get a couple more tests done. Well, sometimes they say with you know, inflammatory bowel disease that you can get what's called SIBO, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So what's happening is, is I got this overgrowth in my stomach. I got a positive. And so I'm eating food and the food goes into my small intestine tract where it should be getting absorbed. It's my, the bacteria is eating it. So I'm not getting as much absorption now. Does that make sense? But I'm still having pain. So I'm like, what is going on? I'm still doing the CBD. So we, the doctor says, well, you know, there is this chance that some people who are been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis may have actually had Crohn's all the time. I'm like, I don't want Crohn's. I do not want Crohn's. My friends that have Crohn's, I, I always tell them, I'm glad I don't have Crohn's. So he says, let's do a, a camera capsule study where you swallow this camera. And it takes, I don't know how many photos you don't eat for so many hours and you swallow this camera and you give it back and they, they look at all these photos. And what we learn is that I have a, what's called a fast transit rate now. So my small intestinal tract, things move really fast. And you can actually hear it. Sounds, I call it the river. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm starting to find some erosions in my uh, intestinal tract. Now this doesn't mean it's crowns. It could be, you can have erosions. I'm assuming that could be normal, you know? But, you know, you have that, then you have, I'm starting to have a uh, wall thickening and that's really conducive to Crohn's. And the doctor, so we have a conversation after this result. I just, I can't figure out yet. He says, I don't feel comfortable calling it Crohn's because you have these things, but some of these things can just happen. And some of these can happen even with ulcerative colitis. So I'll keep monitoring for Crohn's, but at the same point, let's, let's treat us. Okay. We'll go down the path of ulcerative colitis with this other secondary thing. So I'm not getting better. And now it's uh, all 2017. I'm just still doing low dosing, playing around with CBD. Then I start thinking, uh, I read that, you know, Colton, the kid who had Crohn's used some THC. And then that's when I start doing more research into the cannabis world. I don't know how to take this stuff, you know, and, how do I get a medical card if I want to? So that was the path I chose. I decided to go uh, get a medical marijuana card and really wasn't that you know big of a deal. The doctor was really cool. He says, you know, he was like anti-medicine. That's I'm not anti-med from anything. My belief is it's the right med for you at the right time. That's really what it is. It's not good or bad. It's just, you know, do you use it right for you? So, so I eventually got my medical marijuana card and I started going the path of actually thinking and start adding THC because at this point now I'm not really eating that much and still, I still, you know, try to exercise. So it wasn't 
wasn't that wasn't conducive you know and that's when i start to see the fatigue start to really kick in you know like we're at two o'clock every day i'm like oh I, I gotta take a nap or something anyway so so i got my medical marijuana card and i'm gonna lie to you let's a little nervous not to be light I, I have this perception in my head i literally my life i've been working in forensics so unfortunately marijuana is gets lit, jumped into that group and you're you're so i have this idea about this drug always being illegal you know doing time and i've actually gone to court and testified against people using the medicine i'm going to go use so i actually had a really weird moment still it took me a while to actually break out of that mindset a side note, later, after we'd finished our recordings, Jim came to the realization that he simply hadn't spoken with his doctors about CBD or any of this. At the time, he really felt there was a stigma. He had to screw his courage to the sticking place and go into a dispensary. Now, the interesting thing about it is there's just not a lot of formal guidance in this area. Fortunately, there was friendly informal guidance at the dispensary, and this helped him navigate between what he called the sleepy kind and the energy kind. Anyway, Jim started an experimental phase with edibles and oils. And I just tried them at night. And I even got patches, transmural patches. I tried them out. And I'm just really in this research mind trying to see if there's anything I can get my hands on to, to figure out how do I dose? How do I go forward? So I, I noticed the THC right away. I could sleep. I have a great night of sleep. I wake right up. I'm not in much pain anymore. And I'm, and I'm like, wow, this is really good. I'll just keep using this at night and try to figure out what I'm going to do. But I'm still, the entire day, I'm not doing anything for pain. There's nothing I can take. So at this point, my uh, wife and I, I think it's around 2000, and it's got to be still 2017. I, my wife said, do you want to talk to like a pain therapist? I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Because I got to figure out a different way to handle this. So I get a neurofeedback and... Um, her name is Dr. Kano, and it's just amazing, amazing doctor. And I, we start talking, and we try to, you know, we work on cognitive skill sets to help me try to get my pain before it gets up to an eight. Let's try things to curtail it. So that's when I started looking at low dose THC as a pain reliever, like two and a half milligrams, a little dose, you know. So instead of waiting until I feel it start to ramp up, I can pick that up. I can do a little dose before maybe when I'm feeling the pain around four or five. And then by the time it starts rising, I don't get up to a six, seven or eight. I just hover around five or four. And I'm like, I can live with a pain level three. I'm 49 years old. I'm okay with that. That's normal. You know? So, so I'm doing this, but I'm still having, still having stomach problems, still bleeding, still having up. And I get some more test results. And one of my test results shows that, I have inflammation and it's directly in my colon. It's an inflammation marker test and it's, it's quite high. And this is 2017. I'm like, you know what? At this point, they're also at the same time I had this result. They're talking about increasing my TVO from every four, seven weeks now to every four weeks. And that's a big jump in my opinion. And I, I, I'm like, you know, I'm pre-medding for this thing. It's not really holding much longer. Eventually 2018. February, I just said, no, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell my doctor. Maybe I was a little shamed. I don't know why, but I just said, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do this medicine any longer. And I said, well, maybe I need to hydrate a little bit. And I hydrate a little bit more up. And I, I started adding a little bit more THC with this low dose idea that I'm playing with. And then 
but I'm not eating. Even with the edibles, it just didn't really spark my appetite. So that's when I actually started thinking about trying maybe smoking it, but I don't want to smoke. I don't know how to smoke. <laughs> so I can't do a cough. I just can't even get it in my body. Here's some mistakes I made. But anyway, I'm starting to notice that, you know, this can spark my, you know, my appetite. And I realized I don't have to be what people call high. I don't have to get to the high. I can stay way below the high and still get a, a, a response mm -hmm. of my appetite. And that, I thought, and that was really cool. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I can go a little beyond that and start, and I started realizing there's this range for me. And I started working on this range. I'm like, oh, this is my sleepy. If I get into the sleepy range, this is my dosage. This is my eating range. And I started playing with this. And meanwhile, I'm just kind of still playing with CBD. And I, I, like I really said, I didn't really notice any huge difference between when I was on NTVO and off. So all of 2018, I'm off any uh, pharmaceutical medicine or biotech medicine. And I've just been just kind of tweaking with my modified diet and that, but things are just still really not getting better. And I'm losing weight and losing weight. And we get into 2019, I'm still getting colonoscopies, but you know what? They're not, they're not really showing a lot. They're still like mild to, you know, you know, ulcerative colitis. All of 2019, I just literally was just tweaking and researching and looking for anything on cannabis I can get my hands onto that I could read. And what I'm learning is this thing called uh, an entourage effect. And I'm like, what, what is this? <laughs> no clue. What I found out throughout the time, and even I think I've experienced these things is, is the, they're not really that great individually. Like the THC is not that great individually as medicinal as by CBD by himself and all the other terpenes, which is makes the, the thing taste the way it is and, and smell, you know? So. That's the thing. I started researching this. I started coming up with more ideas. I'm like, how, how can I do this? I don't even know how to do this. How do I, what is it? What terpenes do I need? And how much CBD and how much THC, you know? And it's really easy on the rec side if I just want THC to get, you know, high. It's, it's an easy thing to do, but it's not my job. My goal is to try to save my colon and, and work on other things. Well, I'm now losing weight. I'm fatiguing more. My attitude is really changing. I just, it's hard to get positive. I actually, I remember, you know, it's kind of like having moments and then get really frustrated. And I'd tell my wife, I'd be like, how am I going to do this every day? How am I going to wake up every morning knowing that there's a good three to four hours I might just lose every morning? You know, how am I going to get back to work? I would love to eventually maybe work, even though I know raising a daughter is a far harder job. It's probably why I want a job. <laughs> so I start to get kind of more negative. I really honestly literally look at humans and maybe we don't like, we're all icky. All humans are just, I'm just not even, I'm despising humans at this juncture. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really withdrawing. I get through with 2018 without using anything. 2019, I'm still playing with dosing and edibles and, you know, I know man, I mean, I'm starting to believe maybe cannabis isn't for me. It, it does something, but maybe it's not strong enough. Jim has been relentlessly positive through our hours of discussion. And in spite of the challenges he's faced, he seems upbeat. But you'll begin to hear in his voice that's beginning to burn away. He's approaching a break point. So May 21 of 2019, we get a big snowstorm in Colorado, which is just depressing that happens on May 21st. And the reason I know that is it's my wife's birthday. So I go out and do some shoveling and then I do some things around the house. And that night I set up my dose. I start doing my little session. And I notice how tight my muscles are. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just tight. So I do a little stretching. 
after as I'm stretching, nothing. I wasn't even doing anything harsh. It was just a mile. I had my arm out, you know, just to the side. And I roll my neck to the other side. I, I feel a little twinge and then a pop. I, you can actually hear it. It's a loud pop. And then an electrical storm just runs all the way down my arm and then back and down. I'm like, what the hell did just happen? And I just straighten my neck out and, and I'm like, oh shit, that was crazy. So not thinking much, kind of, it's a little tender the next day and it kind of comes and goes. Little electrical storms come and go. I'm like, God, did I pinch a nerve? Is that a muscle? And I just kind of run through these ideas. Jim ends up in the ER. They eliminate the risk of a heart attack, but they do determine he's blown a disc. Surgery seems to be the best option. So we schedule a uh, surgery and it happens on October 8th of 2019. And this would be the beginning of really what I would say a big opening for my mind and how really unhealthy I was. So the surgery, when I walked, talked to the surgeon, it was supposed to be in and out thing. You know, like, uh, like I'm not, not, I'd be an outpatient surgery. But when I showed up, he's looking at me, looking how thin I was, I think. And he goes, I'd rather at least keep you for one day. I remember going back in there. He puts his gas mask right next to me and he says, hey, Jim, I'm going to take good care of you which is what you want to hear, <laughs> you know, gets my eye contact and I, I take a breath and literally, I don't remember October 8th, October 9th or October 10th. It's just gone, completely gone. And I had to stay in the hospital a little bit longer because I couldn't swallow. So, which is crazy to think about. I'm already having problems eating and now I can't really eat because I have a hard time swallowing. <laughs> yeah. So it's now it's added a dynamic of, to my ulcerative colitis. Now, Prior before this surgery, I had to be off every medicine. So I was not on CBD or THC for over two weeks. And so, so I get back home and, uh, you know, at that moment, I really don't notice my stomach because probably I'm on enough of these painkiller medications, you know, and I, I had the CBD and THC still at home and I just like, uh, I probably shouldn't take it. So I just pushed it back, not worry about it. So I'm start taking the medicines. I'm home trying to teach myself to eat quite a bit of pain. And I think it's about two or three days after I'm home and I'm doing the, the opiate drugs for pain. I'm doing the Valium to help me sleep. So I really don't want to have it with opiates. So I got to think of something, you know, so, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what to do here with these drugs. So that a couple of days later, my, my wife and my daughter actually had to go out of town. So I'm by myself in the house, which is no big deal because I'm just laying down and, and just trying to heal. I go to, uh, I'm allowed to finally shower. So I finally wanted to shower and dine a shower, go shower. And I, as I'm finished showering, I'm walking and I look in the mirror and I think it's the first time I ever really looked at myself and I'm like, Oh my God, look how skinny I am. I, I, this is not right. I can't, this is way too skinny. I go weigh myself pull up the scale right then. I weigh, I weigh 134 pounds. I'm like, holy shit. Like, when did this happen? You know, and I know it's happening, but I don't think I recognize. I would, I think my re reality, my perception were not lined up at all. And so I'm now I'm by myself and I'm not doing well. And I think it was that evening or the evening before I go to bed and I, I actually have my, what I consider my first true panic attack. That time that I missed, that time I was unconscious, you know, during the surgery, really messed with me. 
And this causes Jim to have a breakthrough. I start really thinking about my mind and my, and my whole body. And I start having this kind of a, a realization that I've been really compartmentalizing my body. I just look at my disease as my stomach and that's it. I was just trying to treat my colon and nothing else. I wasn't treating anything else. And that moment I, I decided, okay, I'm going to try, I'm going to do something different. I got to do something for the disease. So I, I decided I called it Operation CBD Jackhammer. Exactly what I called it. So I went on and I went in. I said, I need to find anything on CBD and inflammatory bowel disease. So I just found a couple of quick articles and I found one that said, hey, we, these patients showed some positive possibilities. And they were at 200 to 250 milligrams a day of CBD. I'm like, I don't even close to that. And, you know, so I said, okay, so I need to do that. Then I thought, well, I need to probably increase the THC as well to get some sort of ratio. And then I, after that, I made my plan. Then I said, I need to have product in the house. So I need to get some bunch of CBD because that's what I'll be taking the most of. So I, what companies did I want to use? I found a company out of Oregon called Lazarus Naturals, and they had some products I wanted to try. So they, they met my threshold that I made. And then another company here in Colorado called Entourage, and it's spelled with a D. And they also had products that met my threshold. And so that's what I started. And I started that sometime probably late October into November. That's when I probably started just this thing. And then at the same point, I said, hey, I told my doctors I'd give Zoloft a fair shake. I'm going to do it. So I started Zoloft at the exact same time. You know, I had this. I had more test results come back, you know, right after the surgery, my gastro, and I have a really high, not really, I have a high inflammatory marker now. And we, we know it's in the intestinal tract. And now I am, my mind really starting to panic because I'm thinking, God, is this Crohn's? Is it going to be cancer? Am I going to lose my colon? Blah, blah. I mean, my mind is starting to spin, you know? And, and so I really just focus in on taking my CBD and my, my cannabis and the THC and I've got the Zoloft going and I've got my immune D going. And then when I started to think to myself, what else can I do for my mind? And, and my neurofeedback therapist kept saying, you know, you should really look into some meditation. And uh, apparently I was ready for it. I started realizing how little I was connecting to myself and how really unself-aware I was and how far I would remove myself. You know, and, and how often then I would get caught into an internal dialogue in my head of negativity about myself and my health. And, and, you know, and I started catching this and started breaking it down and meditating and then also doing these breathing techniques, you know, you know, that you see people use for COPD or other things that causes cascade of relaxation and calm down my body. I start to really notice something really fast. I and mean, within a couple of weeks, like, God, I'm, I'm starting to feel pretty good. And I'm also starting to realize that I'm not on eight emotive ADs anymore. I'm just down to six. I only need six. And then I started to notice that I'm hovering around four. You know, I'm like, this, this is actually pretty cool. I'm just hanging around four or five. That's not a bad place. So I have to get another colonoscopy. And, and this, now we're into 2020. Visually, it looks perfect. It looks, well, it looks healthy. I don't say it looks perfect. It looks healthy. And there's no visual signs of an active state. First time I've ever seen that in 17 years or whatever, how long I've had it and how many colonoscopies I've had. I'm like, okay, well, don't hang your hat on it because I've had some results that look good, but microscopically it's not. That makes sense. Of course, now the pandemic's 
is comes in. It's you know February and March. February, I should say, and the pandemic is, is coming. So we have a, a telehealth conversation, and, and my doctor says, you know, I, after your results and seeing everything, you you are I'm calling your disease in remission. And I I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean is remission? And he says. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep working on your cognitive behavior technique. Keep taking the meds you're taking. Keep doing what you're doing. And I said, but I still have these moments. And he says, well, look, I want you to talk, think about things. There is a percentage of people who have a, you know, a functional problem after. And you can keep working and tweaking it and slow. This is also, remember, you didn't get bad overnight. It started back in 2003. It was really mild. And it just got really bad. He says, your remission may be the same. It might take some time to get back to some sort of whatever you consider is a new norm for you. And, you know, so now where I am today, I'm still really engulfing into the world. I'm, I, I think my phase of CDB jackhammer is slowing down. Now I'm going to try to look into really what is my, my own dose for me between all the meds. And um, really now we're really looking at researching more in the, into the terpene profiles and see how that helps me. So I find that there's something going on there. And I have my regimen between the CBDs that I've got, companies I've been using, and I even have ointments I've been using on my, my neck. And I've been rubbing across my stomach as well. And I'm starting to just feel better. So, so the future, I'm going to hopefully, you know, continue. I really am going to keep continuing with, you know, my dosing. But the other thing is I'm going to continue really looking into more meditation and mindful techniques and meditation and breathing and just really keep on that path and keep working on this and meanwhile try to be the best version of myself finally you know i feel like i've already started to notice like I, i'm a better teacher with my daughter i'm homeschooling I'm like, god i just like i'm crushing it you know i'm feeling awesome and then you know i noticed like briefly even right after the remission before the pandemic came in there was moments where i got to play a little bit of tennis and I shouldn't have been even to be competitive, but, you know, between my mindset alone, the way it was set up and, and then already having a lack of pain and a little bit of control and the confidence of this disease, it was just like a huge confidence. My tennis game was, you know, like didn't even drop that much, you know, from my perspective. To me, it was everything that had to come together for I to come into remission. It was like I had to come to it some sort of a awakening moment, if you will, that it wasn't just my colon. I was treating, I was treating myself. I'm just, I'm not a disease. I'm a human. And, and what, and I like using sports analogies a lot, especially because I coach tennis. So, uh, I think life a lot is more like baseball. You know, baseball is a slow, long, arduous game. And it's a long season that in any given day, a bad bounce can determine the, the game. Our, and in any given day, the best player can be go four for four and the next day go zero for four. And I think sometimes being a human, that's what I realized, is that I'm like, why am I giving, you know, like I think of my favorite player right now, Anthony Rendon. Why, you know, Anthony Rendon goes four for four, but the next day he goes 0 for four, and I'm okay with him. I, I give him, let him off the hook. What about me? What about as being a human? Some days I'm going to be do pretty good as a human and have a four for four day, but the next day if I go 0 for four, I can't beat myself up. And then I started to work on that negative voice in my head that, that, that want to berate you. And the one that second guess you, uh, you know, he's still there. Uh, I let him come out and I call him my bag of crazy. I think everybody has a bag of crazy. And that's, you know, things I've been wanting to work on. And, and, and things, the other thing I noticed was I start worrying about the future too much because I didn't see the future as bright. I said the future is 
you know, oh, why? <laughs> you know, I, what, what's positive about it if I'm going to be sick all the time? So, and then I really work on changing the view because the future hasn't really happened. I can be in the now. And if I'm in the now, I'm in a much better place. This might have made a nice ending to the story, but Jim and I had a chance to chat one last time in June. He'd had a little time to reflect. As of, let's see, February, somewhere towards the middle of February is when I had my doctor call my disease in remission. And that's the ulcerative colitis. And since then, I've also had spine surgery in October. So that was a success. I have C5 and C6 disc replaced and I have full range of motion and everything's back and whatnot, but I'm still having quite a bit of pain after the surgery. So they suggest me to see a pain therapist who actually put some injections in my shoulder to see if I can get these trigger points to calm down, but they weren't working. So after a few more, I had an MRI just a little while back and I have a couple of tore ligaments in my left shoulder. So at least that kind of explains the ongoing pain and We'll see what the orthopedic says when I see them in about two weeks. But at least I have a way to manage the pain and, and discomfort that I have, at least with the cannabis and other techniques I've been using. And then as for my ulcerative colitis inflammatory bowel disease, I'm not seeing symptoms that are really correlate to my traditional, what I call my old symptoms to ulcerative colitis. I'm not seeing any symptoms there. What I am seeing is I still have functional problems. Like today, I had a functional problem. So I think as I'm adding more food slowly back into my diet, foods that I eliminated a long time ago, I think my body's just slowly trying to work with it. I don't know for sure, but uh, I'll be seeing a nutritionist at some point to kind of help me guide me back to gaining weight, gaining weight in general. But there's some good news. I want to tell you, I have gained weight and I've held on to it. So I think sometime in October, I was 134. So now I'm above, above 140, I think about 142, and I can actually hold on to it, which is something that hasn't happened in a while. I'm back playing tennis, just you know, sporadically playing a little bit of tennis and getting out there a little bit and hitting and doing some mild exercises and mild strength training and some yoga, which is, is overall adding just an increase to my life. All right, so it looks like we're heading for a happy ending here. Jim's getting his life back, or perhaps he's getting a new life. And then there's this. In April, I bought a, a new vaporizing machine. It's a high-end laboratory, basically, great vaporizing machine for all, all sorts of flour. Did you catch that? A high-end laboratory-grade machine. You can take the man away from forensic scientists, but you can't take the forensic science away from the man. You can use it for marijuana flour, hemp. You can vaporize whatever you want, even probably essential oils off this thing. It has it's an amazing temperature range. So it's kind of geeking out with it and tinkering with it right now. And I find that's great because uh, like today I needed something because my stomach was off. I mean, once it goes off, it, it's still quite sensitive and the pain can just kind of go up. So instead of waiting around, I can take a high CBD strain and uh, get the pain relief that I'm looking for and the calmness that I'm looking for at a low temperature thing with this new vaporizer and calm it down really quick. And that allows me to function and do the things I need to do, put food back in my body and do the things that can relax my stomach a little bit. Cause when it's off, I think I get into a cycle of pain and if I don't do something, it just ramps up and gets worse. So 
I'm, those days are not happening too often. Like today's my first bad day I've had probably in about three or four weeks. Jim's also been doing some reading. He's no longer experimenting like he was when he ran Project Jackhammer. So what I'm trying, as I'm finding about the cannabis, the medical marijuana one is quite more regulated than hemp. For when I walked into this, I thought they were both quite regulated. That was a foolish mistake on my part. But um, currently now what I'm doing is when I purchase a product, I make a threshold for my product. The thresholds are the same things that I would find at the state level medical marijuana testing. You know, let's see what Colorado is doing, especially California. I think they even test further. And that's what I want from my CBD company. Then I take a moment and I look at how they're extracting it now. Are they taking it from the entire plant or just the flower? I think there's a lot of benefit from the plant and the flower, but the flower has where all the cannabinoids are mostly found. And that's where you're going to get the, you know, the bigger terpenes and the profile. So anyway, that's what I'm looking for for companies that do that. You must have for me, I, I want to know what I'm putting in my body. The same reason I, if I go to the, you know, the Walgreens and I go buy Tylenol or any, any, you know, company who just suits to make that same acetaminophen, you know, they have to follow a bunch of guidelines and rules. So you know you're, what you're putting in your body is what you're getting. So I, I ask the same thing when I do with cannabis. and But but things are still just, you know, I'm still just looking at it and working it and tinkering as I've been doing for a while. One day, about two or three weeks ago, I'm just outside in my uh, front yard, just mowing my lawn. My neighbor comes over and he knows I've been using cannabis to try to work with my disease state. And... He says, hey, I was talking to my wife. She's got some CBD for you. She got a little sample pack from somewhere. She bought it. They had a sample pack with it. And I asked him a couple of quick questions. I said, do you know what company it was? And his wife sends a picture of the company or something like that. And I said, I asked my friend, I said, would you look into it and see what you can find? And he, he starts looking into it and he finally gets to the, the company and he gets to the website he finds, reads all the data, says, we do this, it's full spectrum. And he goes to the testing. There's only one test. And, and he keeps reading it out loud to me. And it didn't even have a pesticide test. The microbial mold test was just a visual test. And I can't remember else. Oh, there's nothing about residual. No, they, they had one test for, for cannabinoid profile. And that was it. And, and he was like, wait a second. I know my marijuana even if he buys it recreational, has a pesticide test, a molds and microbial test. I guess the biggest thing for me, for me, the thing I can give you is December of last year, maybe November, December, I really remember telling my wife, I don't see myself doing this any longer, dealing with this. I, I can't imagine a future. I couldn't see the future. I could not see it bright. I didn't want to do anything. Now I'm like, oh, wow, what, what do I want to do? And I'm starting to see things and I'm starting to actually think about and putting the steps forward about where I want to do and what I want to achieve next in my life. And uh, that is neat. I have not been in this place in a while, so I'm actually looking forward to tomorrow. Not in the past, I was never looking forward, but today I am. You know, I referred to Jim as husband, father, forensic scientist, tennis player, sufferer. I'd like to add to that philosopher. I'll tell you this, there's 86,400 seconds in one day. That's all you've got. 
And the one commodity that you have, and really, truly, the only commodity you have is time, in my opinion. So 86,400 seconds. Some of that's used up with sleep and just living. Man, I have only 20 seconds, and then they're going to reset again. So I ask myself, what do I want to do with those seconds? Do I want to use them in pity or misery or anger or frustration? Or do I want to try to use these in a place of growth and positive? So that's Jim's story. I'm struck by this number, 86,400. Improving how people use those seconds in every day, perhaps this explains how people could get engaged in a mission to improve wellness. Download the rest of our podcasts to see how an investment banker and two physicians essentially take this on. Thanks for listening, and many thanks to Isaac Foster and Music for Makers for our theme music. I look forward to your thoughts and comments. Bye for now.